cut it there. Cut, cut, cut! And cut. Cut! 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 Terrific! Cut! And cut! Cut! Let's try it again. Cut! And cut! 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 Check the gate. Cut! 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 Welcome to Cut, just into the movie podcast. I'm Annie. I'm Angie, and we're two siblings that love movies. In this episode, and by this episode, I mean it's October now, but this is going to come out in November. We're covering a movie that's about to come out. It was another movie that we got to see through Beyond Fest, which we talk about time and time again. Beyond Fest is one of our favorite movie festivals in LA. It started out as like a genre movie festival, mostly horror stuff, but since then, it's like branched out into more just like different genres. Like this year they had triple R, they had a ghost protocol, IMAX screening. I mean, it's very eclectic. So they had uh, Halloween ends. So it's a big movie. They had like a, this like horror movie with um, Captain Kirk. William oh, I don't, I don't know what it was called, but I know he was there. <laughs> yeah. And then they had that one movie with Al Pacino. And so they have like newer movies, movies that are about to come out. But also they do throwbacks and classics and, and all of that. Um, but it's always a great atmosphere and the audiences are always energetic. And if it's a great movie, they'll give it up. If it's a bad movie, they'll also give it up. One of the movies that we got to see at Beyond Fest is a newer one that's about to come out, like I said before. And it's The Menu. So going into this, I didn't really know much about it. I saw the trailer once. And I knew that Anya Taylor-Joy was in it and it was like a cooking movie, which is one of my favorite genres is chef movies. Anything that has to do with food in movies is, is always a, a good thing, but it obviously has a twist. And if you've watched the trailer, um, there's some kind of underbelly, Something crazy, sinister is sinister happening. Is happening. And, uh, and it's almost, I got the impression when I watched the trailer that it was like a whodunit a little bit. Like a murder a, mystery. A little mur- murder mystery, a little yeah. Agatha Christie, a little bit of Clue. Um, but seeing the movie, it's pretty clear who's pulling all the strings right. right away. I was more intrigued because like we said before, it was like a chef movie. There was like food, which is always nice to see. But also the fact that it had kind of like a horror element to it. And I didn't really know what the horror element was, was interesting to me. And like, it almost felt like while we were watching it in the first few moments of it, it felt a little like a, almost like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Because I was just kind of sitting there waiting for whatever the twist was going to be or like whatever the sinister part was going to be. And I really enjoyed kind of that mystery. Because even in the trailer, like they do give some stuff away. Like you can kind of see who the antagonist is going to be right away. But there's so many more layers to it when you watch the movie. It's like a dark comedy, which I love. And dark comedies are so hard to pull off because a lot of the times they miss and people don't get it and they sort of dismiss it and think like, that's kind of fucked up. Like, why would you show that on film? And, and this movie completely, in my opinion, pulls it off. And it's kind of my favorite kind of movie because it's sort of a balancing act of, like I said, a dark comedy, but it's also like murder and it's an ensemble cast. And the ensemble cast, I think, is brilliant. It's brilliantly uh, casted and the characters in the in the movie uh, you identify with. And it's a great balance, too, which it's it's one of those movies where it's like in, you know, inexperienced hands would not work but once we get into like who made this movie and who wrote this movie you're gonna be like oh okay i understand like why it was like so successful and to me it's it's one of my favorite movies of this year that i've seen so far yeah and speaking of ensemble cast so we have anya taylor joy we have ray fines we have nicholas holt we have john leguizamo we have amy carrero jenna mcteer we have hong chow judith light and it's just like Okay, how great is it to see Judith Light in something? Yeah. If you're at a certain age, like me, you remember Judith Light from Who's the Boss? Right. You know, with Tony Danza. And she was great in that show. And she did other things, but then it was like, she was like lost. And I remember when I first saw the trailer, I'm like, 
wait, is that Judith Light? Yeah. In a fucking movie yeah. in 2022. And I was super stoked and she's great in it. And so I was really happy that she's, she's kind of reborn and, and, you know, and she deserves just like actors have a second coming and, yeah. you know, Nicolas Cage Renaissance and other actors that sort of fall off and then come back. Judith Light, I'm I'm really happy that that we get to see her in in something, especially this great as uh, the menu. Like previous reviews that we've done before, uh, like we just did Halloween Ends, we've done Halloween Kills, we've done Old. We're going to have two parts to the podcast. So the first part that we're about to go to is the spoiler free part. Just kind of talk general, you know, do we like the movie, uh, thematic elements, cast. And then the second part, which will clearly let you know by putting some sound. It's kind of become our thing where we do some kind of audio cue that has to do with the movie. And I think for this one, we talked about it. It's going to be ASMR sizzling deliciousness because the food in this movie looks very, very delicious. And so after that, you'll know if you haven't seen the movie, don't listen any further because it's going to be spoilers basically. So let's set the premise of the movie. So the premise of the movie is we have Margot, Anya Taylor-Joy, and Tyler, Nicholas Holt. They're going to this very exclusive, very expensive kind of dining experience. And so they board this yacht and they kind of go with a bunch of other rich people. And nothing else is really known about it other than that it's the food is being made by like a world-renowned chef. And that's kind of where we start is like, we see Margot who doesn't really understand what the hype is about. She kind of thinks it's all bullshit. She kind of, you know, she can see through the, uh, the money that's being thrown because it's like, what, like $1,500 ridiculous. Yeah. Per person or something like that. And Nicholas Holt sort of invited her because she was not the intended person to go. She was like second or third. And so she kind of sees through, like you said, all the bullshit and you have like John Languizama who plays the movie star and yeah. that's, how, that's what he's credited as is just a movie star. And you have the, this group of like bros that are like, you know, into like NFTs and like they all that like shit. They seem like trust fund babies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you have uh, Janet McTeer who's a, a columnist. She like reviews restaurants and kind of makes her break. Um, if you do a startup of a, of a restaurant. And so it's so it's set up in a way where, you know, you kind of see all these elitist people are going to this island where they're going to get fucked up. They're all characters and they're all characters that we've known before, whether it's in like popular media or people you've actually met. And like Tyler Nicholas Holt's character is like a fanboy of Ray Fiennes, the chef. And is kind of just going because he's such a big fan and, you know, he has the money to spend. And so the whole time he's just kind of like, like on it, Margot is like smoking before they go. And he, he's just like, you're going to ruin your palate. Like if you smoke. And so he's like very much like that the whole time. And she's just kind of like, okay, like, I guess I'll do that. And so that's kind of where we start is you have all of these like rich people who are boarding this yacht for some experience. It really gave me vibes of a White Lotus. If you've yeah, seen White Lotus yeah. on HBO, it's sort of similar characters that are entitled and have money that go on this retreat on this island and then sort of chaos ensues and reality hits them and, and shit goes crazy. This film was directed by Mark Milad or Mylod. Sorry if I'm getting that wrong. Um, but you know him from Succession, Game of Thrones, Shameless, and it was written by uh, Seth uh, Reese, or Rice, again, names that I'm probably butchering, and Will Tracy. Uh, Seth Rice, they're all comedy writers, essentially, because Seth Rice was wrote for Late Night with Seth Meyers and The Onion, and Will Tracy wrote for uh, Last Week Tonight, The Onion, and Succession. And that's, I think, where the dark comedy element comes in especially when they mentioned that the episode they worked on was the bore on the floor episode of succession which you've seen which if you've seen the bore on the floor episode of succession it's it's just 
similar in the way that they're at a dinner and it gets fucked up suddenly. And it's just like a bunch of rich people that have that don't know what to do with their money. So when we were at the Q&A, because they did a Q&A after the movie and they mentioned that, I was just like, of course. And then they mentioned the episode and I was like, of course, it's that episode. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it totally made sense once I found that out. They go on this island and mm-hmm. they're kind of being introduced to like this the flora is, and the fauna. Yeah. <laughs> the whole idea is that they're on this island and they're using all the natural resources to make the dishes that ultimately they're going to eat. And then they get to the restaurant, which is called The Hawthorne. And it really all takes place like 90% of the movie in one set piece. And I love movies like that, that it's like in one room and then they have to sort of make the best of it. And it, but it doesn't feel like it's in the same room. You know, the camera angles and the lighting and uh, the cinematographer, Peter Deming, which if you watch Twin Peaks, The Return, he was a cinematographer for that. They do a really great job of making a space that seems bigger than it probably is, but makes it seem there's a lot of variation, you know, and it doesn't get boring. It doesn't get old, any of that stuff. And uh, that's, I love that because you have to have creative genius in mind to sort of use that space in many facets. Like this is a horror movie, like it's marketed as a horror movie. But when it gets to the horrific parts, there's not a lot of gore. There's not a lot of like, like there's violence, but there's not a lot of it. So when it does happen, like it kind of, you're just like, whoa, like, yeah, I remember like the first time it happened, everyone was just like, oh my God, like right after it happened. And I really like movies that do that and make it work. Right. It, It feels like the lead up. There's a moment when we get to the spoiler part, we'll mention it. But the very first, I would say like quarter of the movie is very to the T, like we're getting to know the characters. And like I said, they go to this island, they finally get to the restaurant and um, they're beginning to be served their meals. And um, Nicholas Holt is just going gaga over like, oh, the chef, he's like a storyteller. And we don't know what the story will be as until it unfolds. And it's very kind of stagnant, but in the best way, like stagnant to me, isn't like a bad word in this, in this movie. And then when the moment that you're talking about hits, that's when it takes like this, like huge turn. And then you're like, Oh fuck. And that's why it's so effective. Because like you were saying it, it gets stagnant, but in a way that makes you feel safe. Like, you're like, oh, we're, we're having dinner. Like, this is boring. They're kind of fighting, like, whatever. And then it just takes a turn. And that's what makes it work is because you're in this, like, net of safety with these people eating. And then suddenly you're not. And I think that's what makes it feel more real, too, is because it feels like if that were to happen, like, that's how it would happen. This is an ensemble cast, like we talked about. And there's a lot of characters because obviously you have to fill up a restaurant. But the way that their conversations like overlap. I love that. Was very like, it reminded me of Robert Altman movies where, you know, Robert Altman was known for overlapping dialogue. And the conversations that they're having are like conversations that would happen in a restaurant. To another point, I really like watching movies with subtitles because you'll catch, you know, stuff like this person in the background is saying this or like this sound. And with this movie, I didn't feel like I needed subtitles. Like when they were having conversation, like different conversations at once, I feel like I could hear the important parts of whatever conversation was happening. That's not chatter. That's just to be there. It's like every, I think even like the background lines that you hear are very intentional. And Mm -hmm. during the Q&A, they talked about how everyone, every actor was so great at improving. And in the best way that you really didn't, it didn't really take away from the story. It wasn't just like talk to talk. It it had to do something with the moment that was happening and then just driving the story forward. Yeah. And another thing was that the movie, it's not, it's like an hour and 40 minutes. Like it's not that long. It fits Angie's uh, horror movie should be an hour and a half, maybe an hour and 40. But I think even though it's like a shorter movie, you could say they did a really good job at fleshing out the characters enough to where we got to kind of know them, even though there's so many of them, we still got an insight to like each character's like life. Yeah. Like you get to know 
a very pivotal part of why they're there or like, you know, why they live the way they live. No characters like thrown away. Yeah. You know, it's not like you sort of move one to the side and then you're like, oh, what happened to Jim Bob or. But you know. they don't make us care about them enough to be like. Yeah. Don't get hurt. Because what <laughs> what happens is that they're. No, I'm not. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. Like we mentioned before, there's a certain point in the movie where it takes a complete right turn. And that's where like the horror element hits in. It becomes unpredictable of like what's going to happen to these characters, you know, because there's a definite moment where it shifts. And then now you're like, it's like anybody's game of like, who's going to survive. And it sort of reminded me of another film, uh, The Dangerous Game, where people are being hunted Am I giving, is that too much? No, I think we get that from the trailer. Okay. (laughs) It kind of reminded me of, you know, uh, Ray Fiennes being, you know, this guy that's now hunting people. I also thought of being like into haunts and stuff like that. When they mention, when Nicholas Holt mentions how much they paid to be there and how like the whole thing is like a thing, like each dish has like a purpose and all it reminds me of like immersive horror things that I feel like they're kind of dying down now, but they were really popular for a long time. And it was like a thing where you would pay like $200 and you would be like immersed in this like storyline. You'd have to run around in like a cabin and like find just like stuff like that. That was just like really weird to where like a lot of times the more money you would pay, the more you'd be like, is this real? Like what? And that's kind of in like several parts of the movie, the dinner goers are like, no, this is all part of like the menu. Like it's part of the thing it's supposed to happen. And so just, I just like kept thinking of that the whole time. Right. And I was like, if I was in this situation, I would totally think this was part of like the theatrics of the production and be like, I paid $1,500 for this. Absolutely. This is not real. Like, you know? Right. And I think it also kind of mirrors these like pop-ups that come up where it's like for a movie or, it's related to like something that we all know and we get there and we're either like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever or we're severely underwhelmed and that everyone's a critic, you know, because there's always in the conversations that we talked about, there are people that are like, oh, like this fucking blows, like this isn't even good. And then there are people like um, Nicholas Holt were like, oh, it's fucking incredible. Like whatever this guy puts out is going to be amazing. Yeah. You know? And, and so it's a commentary to that culture of like, there are people that absolutely will love whatever person is famous or is well known to produce, whether it's like food or art or a movie or whatever. But then there are the hypercritical people that are so spoiled and, and uh, you know, have seen it all that they're just like, Oh, whatever. This is just like another day for me, even though I'm like spending fucking two grand for this experience. Who was your favorite character in this ensemble cast? I want, I mean, I want to say Anya Taylor-Joy because I love Anya Taylor-Joy and I feel like she really embodies the audience in the movie. The skeptic. Yeah, because I was just like, when we were watching the movie, I was like, yeah, I'd totally be doing the same thing or like saying the same thing. But as far as like characters, I really loved um, Janet McTeer and the guy she was with, uh, oh, Paul Adelstein, uh, yeah, Ted and Lillian. Um, Ted. Their back and forth was so funny to me that I really, I really liked their characters the most because yeah. everyone is a character in the movie except for Anya Taylor Joy's character Margot. I feel like everyone is playing a bit in the movie except for her character. Their back and forth where Lillian is like the sophisticated and like, and he's just like, yes, yes, absolutely, he's just yeah, the yes man, like <laughs> yeah. agreeing to whatever she says and. Even when he like says something wrong, she'll correct him and be like, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, um, I loved John Leguizamo yeah. as the movie star and mm-hmm. he has an assistant Felicity and they have this like back and forth where like they're sort of using each other, mm-hmm. you know, because he's like into her and she's just trying to move up in the business. And once he realizes that she's just, into him because she's trying to move up the ladder. That's when like, they're like their relationship sort of like breaks, but that's very like Hollywood and, and just that trope of like, you know, that famous. Oh, and then the other thing too is like that 
John Leguizamo knows Ray Fiennes. He knows the chef. He's he like, knows oh, him, we're best friends. friends. Yeah. And yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later. What did you think of how it all wrapped up and like the ending? I really liked the ending. I mean, I knew part of what was going to happen was going to end up happening, or at least I hoped it would. It would have been weird if it didn't. But the way that they did it was very unexpected. Like the way that they got to that ending was unexpected, even though like I kind of expected that ending, but the way that they got to it, I was curious about and I was a big fan of the way that they did it. I really love the ending. You could see the players of like who would survive and who wouldn't survive and, and all of that. But just because you know it's going to happen doesn't mean that it's boring or like, oh, right. that was terrible. Um, like you said, the, the way that it plays out, I thought was like really great and really added to just a great movie. Like I, I fucking love this movie. I, I was surprised at how much I loved it. And I was yeah. surprised at how much I laughed, how yeah. funny it was. The reactions from the crowd so were funny. amazing because yeah. there were like one liners that everyone got. It was pretty straightforward. Um, some of it, yeah, was on the dark comedy side, but it was so well done that it's, and it's just, it's a very 2022 movie. Yeah. It's very relatable to a lot of things that are going on. And, um, if you've ever been, you know, just obsessed with like a certain, you know, artist or whatever, you're going to identify with it. And also if you're skeptical of like, just show business or, or rich just people. the fandom, rich people. Yeah. Yep. But just that fandom to me was like a commentary of just like the fandom, how like, you know, we easily obsess about people and things and, and we should be more skeptical and question uh, all those things because sometimes it's not worth it. On that note, that's going to be the last of our commentary without any spoilers. So from here on out, there will be spoilers. We're going to play our sound now, our spoiler sound. From here on out, spoilers bound. You're warned. You're warned. How much did you want Tyler to die? Pretty much immediately. And then once he gets worse, I was just like, you have to die. I didn't like his death, though, because you didn't see it. Yeah. There's a big climactic. We're all going to die because there's a point where um, Ray finds the chef says like, oh, the only way that this night is going to end is if. Because it makes sense. We all die. Yeah. Including him. I was expecting everyone to die. Like, I think from the get go, because I was like, this isn't going to be that good of a movie if like people get out alive and then like in seeing just the whole setup for it seems very culty because you have like his uh assistant what's her name uh, elsa oh. who like walks him around the ground and is like oh the chef like we live here and like what the chef says goes and like we listen to the chef and like don't go to the chef's house and like stuff like that so it's very culty and i think that's where i felt like it was like an M. Night Shyamalan movie because I was like, okay, this is already unsettling. Like, when's it going to turn? And like, what's the twist going to be or what's the thing going to be? Hong Chow, who plays Elsa, I fucking love her. If you haven't watched Watchmen, she's so good in the that. HBO series, she's incredible. She's incredible in this movie. And she's sort of, she. that's when you can tell that things are going to go awry. Things are going to go bad. Um, but the way that she presents, you know, the island to everyone and Hawthorne and the vibe and how, you know, that cult mentality that you talked about and how easily people just follow suit. Yeah. And I guess that's a commentary on, you know, celebrity or like the celebrity phenomenon is that it does get kind of culty. Like you think about Jared Leto and his weird 30 seconds to Mars cult and people are like, it's not a cult. And you're like, no, it's a cult. <laughs> like, Or Ezra Miller. It's like $900 and, and you go and dress in white and like hang out with Jared Leto. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's very, very similar to that. Very much that. Yeah. And the fact that like no one questions anything, yeah. you know, as they're being led to this island, 
Everyone's just kind of going with the flow and just like. Well, everyone except for Margo. Yeah. Who's like, this is stupid. Like, yeah. what are you serious right now? And like when they get on the yacht, they get served. It's like oyster with like foam and like some shit on it. And Tyler is like, oh, this is amazing. And Margo's like, I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. I would prefer it without the weird foam on it. And it's just kind of, yeah, like I've been to what you would call a fancy restaurant you know, maybe not like super expensive, but I've definitely been to something that you would consider a fancy restaurant. And yeah, like some of the stuff they serve is kind of bullshit. Like you pay $18 for something that's like this big and you're right. just like, and it tastes fine, but it doesn't taste that great. If a burger costs more than $15, it's bullshit to me. What about the best hamburger that we had at the Chateau? That was $16. Yeah, that's... In 2008. I haven't thought about it until you just brought it up. So it, it, must it wasn't have not the been best hamburger. Yeah. I remember it was not good. You know, most of the people, most of the characters you want to kill. Basically you, you want to see them die. They're, um, they're setting them up for you not to be sympathetic towards them. Except for, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, Margo. who's the skeptic. The big thing with Margot is that she was not supposed to be on the, uh, the manifest right we, we find out very early on that tyler was supposed to take another woman i don't even remember what her name was but like they they all go through elsa and elsa's like welcome mr and mrs blah welcome mr blah and like she knows all of their names and when tyler and margo go to the front she's like welcome tyler blah 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 and then he says she says welcome you know and she says another woman's name and margo's like no that's not me and then Tyler, Nicholas Holt's character is like, oh yeah, like I wasn't able to change the reservation or something like that. Yeah. And so we find out very early on that Margo wasn't even really supposed to be there. We fast forward to them um, getting into the restaurant and everyone's sitting down and then uh, Ray finds basically does the but fucking loud, which is when I saw the trailer, I thought it was a sound effect that was mm -hmm. just for the trailer, but yeah. it no, it's in the, it's in the And movie. it's very loud every time that he yeah. does it. Yeah. And it's just the, like the whistle or the, like, listen to me. I have something to say. He right away kind of catches that she's not supposed to be there. Yeah. She's not part of the, the crew. One of the things that I want to mention before we get deeper into it is, you know, we start getting into the food and even though the food is like kind of stupid, like it's photographed and it's filmed very beautifully. And that's one of the things that I really love about movies that have to do with food. And that's kind of what I was afraid of with this movie is that I knew it was going to be like a horror movie. So I didn't think they would put much care into photographing the food and kind of, you know, filming the food. But the filming of the food is really, really great. And I know that they like um, talk to a few like actual chefs well, they got the guy from Top Chef. That's what it was, yeah. To shoot it because they were they use it as reference because of how well they shoot Top Chef. Which is funny because they specialize in shooting bullshit food that like costs too much money. Yeah. And it's kind of ironic that they were just like, okay, we're going to do this satire yeah. of this bullshit food that you make a living on. But that's the idea yeah. is like that you're trying to make bullshit food regardless, like look beautiful for the camera. And it looks great. Like even though a lot of it is just like, nothing like it still looks really good and i think they did a good job too in kind of showing the weird dynamics between the head chef and all the line cooks like if you've ever met a line cook they're insane like it takes a certain type of person to become a line cook i've had a friend that worked at a vietnamese restaurant so it wasn't like you know top of the line you know what's how do you rate restaurants the michelin uh, stars yeah it yeah. wasn't it wasn't any michelin star restaurant yeah. and he told me within like a month he was having panic attacks because yeah and that's the thing the it pressure takes, was so it's high. like i always liken it to someone who's been in the army or something like that like they thrive off of that like stressful environment and like being like like they can't do anything else and a lot of times they're really good at it but they're also insane like, right. sorry to my line chefs out there. I love you guys, but you guys are crazy. Like, you guys are insane. The bear. Yeah. And they do a really good job of showing that dynamic in like the short amount of time that we get to know the other chefs. Right. But once like all the characters get into the Hawthorne and into the room, you know, Ray Fiennes really has control. His character has control of the room and 
what what happens. Um, let's talk about that. The first big horror moment. What I really like about everything leading up to this and after this is they kind of split the movie up into dishes. Yes. So they'll start it with like the aperitivo or like, you know, and it'll say course one, blah, 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 blah. And like, it'll describe it. And this becomes like a running gag throughout the movie that gets really, really funny the further the movie goes on. And so, yeah. And this one, once the big moment happens, chef introduces his like, I think he's like his sous chef or I don't remember exactly what it is, but he's like, oh, this is Jeremy. And he picked this next dish. And he kind of goes on this, this whole time Margot is like feeling uneasy about what's happening. And she's just like, this is fucking weird. What the fuck is happening? And so he introduces Jeremy and it's like, Jeremy wants my life, not my life, but he wants my life. Like he'll never, but he won't ever have my life because he won't ever live up to me and you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, isn't that right, Jeremy? And Jeremy says, yes, chef. And then he's like, I, now I present to you whatever the fuck Jeremy's making. And then Jeremy pulls out a gun and like shoots himself. <laughs> and that's kind of the first moment where everyone was like, oh my God, like what the fuck? And then it's funny because after that, you get the title card that's like Jeremy's mess or like something <laughs> like that. And it just kind of is like course number three, Jeremy's mess or whatever. Right. Before that, everything was very rudimentary. Everything was kind of expected. And I wasn't expecting that moment to happen. I knew something was going to happen. Like as soon as he brought him out, I was like, something's going to happen. And I was like, kind of like waiting for it. And then when he like went to move, I was like, oh, he's going to shoot himself. And then he did. And I was like, oh, okay, that was cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And like before that, they like lay out this whole tarp on the floor. And so when he shoots himself, he ends up like on the tarp and like the blood is everywhere. And they kind of just like pull him out of the thing. This is where it becomes at least the feeling that I got where it's like every person for himself. No one is safe. And this isn't going to be your typical, you know, dinner party, luxury (laughs) dinner party, all all of that. And I want to go back and talk about, I think, what my favorite dish is that they serve, which is the bread dish. And that was so genius to me is they serve, and I I don't remember what it was called, but they serve like a bread dish and it's basically everything but bread. Like it's it's all the dipping dipping sauces. sauces. It's the bread and it's like a commentary on like, well, we're not going to give you the bread. We're just going to give you the dipping sauces. And And that's the genius And that was so funny to me is that they kind of start to realize that this is all dumb because they're like, oh, you're just giving us the sauces. And then you have like Lillian who's like, no, no, I get it. Like it's like, you know, the playfulness of the sauces and like blah, 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 blah. And Ted's like, oh, absolutely. You're totally right. And then you have like the bro table who's like, let's get some fucking bread. Like, are you kidding me? You need to give us bread. And that was kind of like one of my favorite parts of the movie is that whole bread dish. I thought it was so funny. I thought it was hilarious. And then it sort of builds up into, is this reality? Is is this how the night's going to like continue to happen? And like more dishes are coming out. Anya Taylor-Joy's character is continuing the question like this is bullshit and then Ray Fine's character the chef overhears that and basically like calls her out. He brings her into the kitchen the person is like you're not eating like is there something wrong with my food? And she's just like no I'm just not hungry. And then he's just like okay. And then they just kind of go on with it. Ray Fine's character basically knows that she doesn't belong and that she's not one of the rich, spoiled, um, elitist crowd. And he gives her an ultimatum of like, you have like 15 minutes to decide whether you want to be part of the cooks, be part of his cult or be part of the fanatic. Yeah. And he basically says like the givers are the takers or whatever. And this is after like he makes her come to term that she's going to die because she's kind of just like, okay, well, am I going to die? And he's just like, yeah, you just need to decide who you're going to die with. Like, he's like, we're all dying, yeah, but you need to figure out who you're going to die with. You're going to die with us or you're going to die with them. She goes into his like office, which was like supposed to be off hands. Like no one's supposed to go there. And then he asked her like, what's your name? Because he, he realizes that uh, she's not who she really claims yeah. who she is. 
And that's the twist, which I loved, is that you find that Margot is essentially an escort. That comes to play earlier when, because he asks her, there's an, there's like an older couple and it's Judith Light and the man that plays her husband. And like Margot kind of keeps like looking back at them. The tortillas. The tor- oh, So good. So she keeps looking back at them and um, Judith Light's character is like, why does she keep looking back at us? Like, do you know her? To like her husband who's like, they're old, you know? And then at one point she's like, doesn't she look like blah? And like, I don't remember the name she says, but you come to learn that it's like, it was their daughter who like died. And then that's kind of how Ray Fine's character knows that Margot isn't who she says she is because he's like, you kept looking at that table. Like, do you know him? Like, what's, what's the deal with you guys? And then you come to find out that she's an escort and that he had hired her to like pretend she was his daughter. And like this really fucked upness happens. Really fucked up. And yeah, that's how you know that she's not who she says she is. And she ends up saying like who she actually is. And before that, Ray finds it's like, I know a service worker when I meet one. You're like us. We're all service workers. We serve people, blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of like where this other layer to Margot's character happens, which I really liked. I love that part of it. And um, and like we alluded to, uh, there's a tortilla scene where like they get tortillas passed around the table and everyone sort of gets exposed for who they really are. Yeah, because there's something printed on the tortilla, which <laughs> is totally something you would find in L.A., like a weird taco taco shop. It made me think of like when people were seeing Jesus or the yeah. Virgin Mary yeah. on tortillas. Uh, but like the bro guys are like stock guys and like, oh, like the stock fucking fell through the yeah, roof. Yeah, they get their like tax statements of like money they've yeah. been embezzling. My favorite one was John Leguizamo. His like worst movie yeah. <laughs> uh, gets put and he's like, why is this my worst movie? And it ends up being that like the chef uh, ended up seeing it at one he point. He just like didn't like and it. Just fucking and he's just like, it. it was my one day off and I, and I hate, yeah, it's so funny. That's where sort of the movie pivots of like, okay, there's a possibility the only survivor is going to be Margot, And she just needs to like make up her mind of like what side she wants to like end up on. From there, you know, you start just like kind of picking people off one by one. Like um, the old man that hired Margot gets his finger cut off right where his wedding ring was. Yep. And then also kind of goes like, oh, this is yours to like his wife and like gives her the wedding ring. And then you have the really, really genius part that I thought was so funny with Nicholas Holt's character, Tyler, where Chef goes up to him and is like, oh, you know what? I think you should cook. Like you're, you're yes. good enough. Like we got you yes. a chef jacket. Like, what do you need? All my chefs are at your disposal. And then he's kind of like panicking and he goes, uh, uh, leaks. And he's like, okay. And then he goes, but butter. And then he's like shallots. And then he's like, okay. And he's like, oh, a shallot and butter sauce. Like that's real inventive. Like, blah. And he's just like, totally just like barreling down on him. Yeah. And he ends up cooking lamb. That's like way undercooked. And then one of the title cards comes up with whatever course it is. And it's like course number five, Tyler's bullshit. And it's yeah. like undercooked lamb with a leek butter sauce or whatever. And I, and that shit's so funny. And then after this whole ordeal happens, um, chef like whispers something into Tyler's ear and Tyler just becomes completely distraught and like walks out of frame. And then after that, we get kind of like the Margot and chef confrontation where he's like, who are you really? Blah, blah, blah. And she leaves his office and you just see like Tyler's bottom half hanging from one of the walk-in fridges. So he's like yeah. hung himself. Yeah. Whatever chef told him was enough to get him to hang himself. There's another great part of the movie where they split up the men from the women. You get this really cool kind of moment between one of the female chefs. And she's kind of like, yeah, like I was hired by Chef Slowick to, you know, work for him or whatever. He came on to me a few times and I told him to fuck off. And then she's like, instead of hiring, instead of firing me, you know, he made me one of his executive chefs or whatever. And she's like, this is my dish. And she stabs him in the leg or whatever. Yeah. And then they are like, okay, all the men just start running and you, you get 15 like- seconds head start to just run. And this is at this point where they're outside of the restaurant and they're in the woods basically. Yeah. 
And so they're like, you get 15 second head start to run. And then our guys are going to come find you. And after that, you get this really nice moment with all the women where they're like with that chef. She's like, come on, like come inside. I'll give you guys, you know, dessert or whatever. And they get in and they're like sharing wine and they're like sharing stories. They're smoking cigarettes. They're kind of just like bonding, bonding, just female bonding. And at, at one point, Lillian, Janik Matir's character is just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're dying. And is like pouring all this wine. And so I thought that was kind of a really nice moment between all of the horror where it showed just like the girls being girls and you're just right. like, this is crazy, you know? And I think it shows too, like the male dominance when it comes to, you know, most jobs and especially, especially like, especially cooking jobs, cooking jobs yeah. that most of the head chefs are male. All the men get caught. At some point, you know, they're like hiding in different places on the island. And I think. Um, I think Ted gets caught last and he's in the chicken coop. Yeah, he's in the chicken coop. And they're coop. like, congrats, you're the last one to get caught. And yeah. they give him like a prize or something. That was fucking hilarious. But again, it's those like nice touches throughout the movie that I think were just so fucking great. Yeah. And they're so well laid out throughout the movie that it could be a really dark movie. And when it does get really dark, you have a moment like that where you're just like, Oh, this is like funny. And ultimately they all get back into the restaurant and there's a moment where there's a barrel of something that they need. And so that's when like Anya Taylor joy is requested to go get the barrel and it's, where uh the chef lives and that's when she decides that she's like one of them basically yeah hong chow gets threatened because she's like that's usually my job and now you're asking this like stranger that came on the island to to do it and so anya taylor joy goes and this is where it gets kind of horror-esque because she's like going to this like new space in the movie and it's like dark and she's trying to find it and she gets into a battle with Hong Chao where she's like trying to Hong Chao's trying to kill uh, Margot because she's afraid that she's going to get replaced, basically. Yeah. But what's funny about that is like, didn't she know that she was going to die anyways? You know? But yeah. Whatever. Um, so this cool battle between both of them and Anya Taylor Joy comes out victorious and then gets the barrel to uh, Ray Fine's character. And, um, and that's sort of the beginning of the end for everyone. I can't remember if it's before. I think it's while before Elsa Hong Chao's character confronts her while she's getting the barrel. She's in his cabin and she looks at, she sees like pictures of the chef when he was younger and kind of his achievements, newspaper clippings. And you realize that he was kind of like a lion chef at like a burger joint. And she kind of comes to this realization. We don't know what yet, but she comes to a realization and when she brings back the barrel, I think he serves another dish and she doesn't eat it again. And he's just kind of like, what the fuck is the problem? Like, what is your problem? You're not eating my food. And that's when she's just like, you know, none of your, I'm hungry. Like I've eaten, I've eaten your food and I'm still hungry. And that's when he's like, well, what do you want? And she's like a burger. I want a cheeseburger. Cause she kind of goes back to seeing those clippings of him being a line chef and that whole kind of sequence of him cooking a burger is like really beautifully done because you can see all the care that is going into him cooking this burger. And then he goes into this thing where you realize that he hasn't cooked anything because he's wanted to in like so long. And it's kind of that thing where like whatever he had that made him want to be a chef in the first place is just gone because yeah. now he's just been cooking for all these rich assholes People who don't enjoy anything. And that's why he cooks all this bullshit food because they'll just eat it no matter what. Yeah. He's sort of his soul as far as making food has been lost for like years. And like, yeah, such a basic thing is like a, a cheeseburger. Dude, that whole sequence I fucking loved. So, and I wanted to like stand up and like cheer because yeah, to me, like when I go to a restaurant, if you can't cook a decent cheeseburger, don't even and also adding to it to me. the list of food and movies that looks delicious. Yes. Like out of all the food, the whole movie. What did we do after we went to go see the menu? We got cheeseburgers. We got cheeseburgers. Yeah. The thing that did bug me is that there was no lettuce or onion or pickles on that cheeseburger. It yeah. was just cheese, meat, bread. I didn't mind it that much. Which, you know, whatever. 
she takes a bite out of it and she's like, holy shit. Like, that's a burger. That's a burger. Yeah. And even the way when Ray finds his characters cooking it, he gets like the first smile. Yeah, you can see he's taking good care into making this burger. She takes one bite out of it and it's just like, that's a burger. But then she goes, can I get the rest rest boxed up to go? And everyone's kind of like, okay. And so chef goes, yeah, like box it up for her to go. And then he ends up letting her go basically. And before this, you had this whole sequence where there was like a false like cop coming in. He was like a, she like uh, radios uh coast patrol or whatever. The coast guard. Yeah. Yeah, The coast guard. And he comes in and there's just this whole thing where you think they're the cops, but they're not really the cops. And it's just kind of this whole play. And once she gets the burger, he's just like, you can go like go on the boat. Goodbye. And then he's like, all right, now that she's gone, our final course is a dessert. And he's like, it's something that's an atrocity, but we're going to do it anyways. And it's a s'more. Fucking s'mores. I love s'mores. They're good. But it's a s'more his way. And this is the final act. So he puts like chef hat looking things on everyone (laughs) that are made of chocolate. So it's like a chocolate chef hat. And then... The floor is covered in what looks like sawdust, but it's yeah. graham cracker crumbs. Yeah. And then do they put the marshmallows in the hat? Yeah. And then they set the whole thing on fire. <laughs> and everyone, and everyone dies. gets cooked yeah. <laughs> alive. And meanwhile, Anya Taylor-Joy's character is on a boat and she's just gone off the island. And there's a shot, a really great shot where she kind of looks behind and the whole Hawthorne restaurant is just up ablaze. Yeah. And it's a it's a beautiful thing. But that the Coast Guard sequence is pretty great because um not to backtrack a little bit, but it's set up where like, oh, finally like they're like gonna be rescued and all that. But then the Coast Guard recognizes John Leguizamo's character and he's like, Oh, aren't you the guy from and it's from the terrible movie yeah. that Ray Fine's character yeah. fucking hated and then ends up being like part of Ray Fine's crew. Like yeah, and they play it so well. They use, again, that false sense of security that they use in the beginning of the movie where you're like, oh, this is a cop. But then at one point you're like, oh, no, he's just going to leave because Ray Fine's is so good at convincing him that nothing's wrong. And then you're like, oh, no, he was in it the whole time anyway. Yeah. The last shot we get after... Margot looks back and Hawthorne is aflame is she just kind of like stops the boat and sits at the front of the boat and opens her cheeseburger and just like takes another bite. Enjoys it. And that's it. There's a lot to dissect from the movie like we talked about. Um, But what I loved about it is that it's a mixture of genres. It's, you know, a little bit of horror, a little bit of, you know, a whodunit, but it really isn't because you find out pretty quickly. Um, but it's also a mixture of characters that you're familiar with because it's a commentary about the days that we're living in now. And this movie was made during the pandemic. And so a lot of the references, you know, you'll identify with and the characters that are in the, in the dinner you probably know someone that is exactly like that, you know, and it's kind of fucked up because sometimes you see these people and you're like, yeah, I wish they were dead. <laughs> I wish bad things would happen, but that's where the t- dark comedy element, you know, comes in. Um, but I, I fucking loved it. I thought it was, you know, it was like a clue, but updated for the modern times, it seems like food shows and food television and food films are now so prominent, combining it with, you know, characters that we can relate to um, and commentary that we can relate to. Uh, it was just a culmination of just all of that put into a movie. Like you said, a whole blend of genres. It was satire. It was a dark comedy. It was horrific at times. It was funny. And it's, yeah, it's basically just holding up a mirror to people excessively wasting their money and like just an error in excess and just kind of blindly following things or trends, I guess, is more of a thing. 
because, you know, Instagram trends, pop-up trends, stuff like that, even if it's not good. It's just kind of like a commentary on that. And then we get Margot, who ends up being triumphant, who is kind of just like a normal person. We see that from the beginning. And I was, it would have been cool if everyone just died. If like Ray Fiennes was just like, I don't even care. I'm still going to kill you. But (laughs) the fact that it ended that way, I thought was really cool. And she's just a final girl again. Like, you know, it's such a unique movie, I think. Yeah. And I didn't really expect it to be as unique as it was when I went into it. I expected to like it just because it very much seemed like my bag. But I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. I didn't expect to laugh as much as I did. And just thinking about it now, I mean, we saw it like last two weeks ago, probably now. Just in retrospect, it's just there's it's just there's so many layers to it that make it work. I really want to watch it again. I I can't wait to see it again. I can't wait to see it again. It's one of those movies where you're probably going to grab something new every Mm -hmm. time you watch it. Yeah. um, Because it's so dense and there's a lot going on. And, um, you guys should definitely check it out when it's released on, on November 18th. It's going to be one of those movies where, you know, we're getting close to the holiday season. You're going to get these like huge movies and holiday movies and it may get lost in the shuffle, but I guarantee you that it's, it's worth seeing, worth spending your money. And I hope for award season that it is nominated and it gets the attention that, that it deserves. I think it's, detached enough from the horror element that it might there is a horror element but it's not overwhelming it's not oversaturated um there's like two or three moments but the rest of it is again satire it's commentary it's um it's mirroring what we're living through now and I feel like that's why people laugh so hard because it's like people like, ah, I get it. Yeah. I see that on my phone. Yeah. I my best friend is like that or, you know, yeah. And all of that. And so I, I think it's, it's relatable in a lot of ways. Um, and it shouldn't be dismissed just like, as like a horror or like thriller or anything like that. And with that, we hope we've satiated your hunger for a review on the menu. We hope that you guys go out and see it November 18th. I know we're going to see it again. I definitely want to see it again. Once you've done listening to this, you can listen to any of our other reviews we've done. We did one on Halloween Ends. We've done one on Halloween Kills. We did one on Old. Old. Yeah, we've we've done quite a few. Also, you can catch our full episodes where we do deep dives on full movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Blair Witch Project. We've done A League of Their Own. So it's not all horror stuff. You can catch us on Twitter and YouTube at Cut Movie Pod as well as Instagram. Be sure to comment, like, subscribe. And if, even if you don't like this review, you can comment that too. It still helps us. Um, and let us know if there are any movies that you want us to review or any movies that you want us to cover, any movies that you want us to live cover. We've done that with Malignant and we've done that with The Rise of Skywalker. So we do all kinds of movie stuff here. Just let us know. Next up for us, we're going to be getting ready for award season. Yes, it's coming back again. It's been a year. And also we'll be doing something for holiday season for Christmas. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Thanks again for listening. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. Cut. That's a wrap. <laughs>